It is that time of the year again on Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And this week, in honor of Wednesday's upcoming match, I am drinking a nice little barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout, barreled in 2017 from Thimble Island in Brantford, Connecticut, and it's called Mutually Assured Destruction. Might also be appropriate for the podcast itself because this week it is just a intimate affair with me and our Ohio owl, Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking? I've got the old PBR, mm. Jeff. We're hitting the full uh, spectrum of beers here tonight. <laughs> yeah, I figured if you're going to have a nice classy beer, I would go ahead and have my uh, my college choice. Uh, mine as well. We would kill a 24-pack on the stoop. On the yeah, weekend. what is it yeah. like? In college for me, it was sixteen dollars for. I think it was like, five, like twelve or thirteen, probably. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're going with Pabst tonight. I actually have it's two. A, I have so one on deck. My my general feeling on Pabst is a perfectly acceptable American adjunct lager. As long as you serve I mean, it honestly, chilled in a cold glass, it, it's perfectly fine. It, it really is. I think it gets a bad rep because it's so. Um, so cheap mm. but if you're talking cheap beer this one yeah, has yeah. the most flavor it's better than schlitz it's better than like jenny cream it's better than what other crap did we did drink did you uh, see did you see that natty light is coming out with like uh, a lemonade beer no but it's just like a thing people do now i mean was it budweiser just did like a what, jim beam barrel aged copper lager or whatever it's not very good i tried it yeah because... but you're comparing budweiser to natural light mm. Natty Light is like $9 for 80 beers. I mean, it is so <laughs> cheap. It's like someone took water and poured their leftover beer in it. Yeah, and no, put I, it in I, a I am familiar with Natty Light against yeah. my, uh, I mean, I wish I wasn't, but we really need one of the Brits on to talk about the pros and cons of the Shandy, if uh, Natural yeah. Light is actually doing that. But we don't. It's just the two of us. So, Evan, it is up to us to go over two dominant victories at Fortress Hillsboro with Stephen Fletcher and Adam Reach back on form. And some great performances from our January acquisitions right up until they got a little bit too much of the Wednesday on them. <laughs> well, some dispatches from American soccer because Evan has strong feelings about the city of Hartford, as I learned today. <laughs> and there is that small matter of a Steel City Derby to preview once again. We will start at home with the Swans, and in the annals of teams that have looked incredibly bad playing out from the back against us, Evan, this might have been worse than Reading. I uh, I I couldn't really believe what I was watching. I mean, I, I was. This is a team one year removed from the Premier League that literally their only completed passes for like the first five minutes were out of bounds. I mean, like they, they were to the fans. You know what I mean? They they just. They were so poor coming from the back. They, uh, we, we were in we were in Chicago in a hotel room. Um, literally, we packed the hotel room tighter than a Raheem Sterling slumber party, and uh, it, it was everyone was just kind of looking Is that around. Slanderous? Like, Is that going to get me in trouble? I don't even know the context. <laughs> uh, I hope not. He got in trouble like in the United States for I guess he probably just had sex with one prostitute but anyway uh, forget I'll, it i'll have to check this before um, we post it i mean we, that may be a lot of like it's like 30 seconds of just like censored beeping if you're listening to this <laughs> <laughs> tonight or tomorrow it's, yeah and so um but continue yeah, just, by all just means <laughs> incredibly awful no it was, it was now fair play to wednesday i thought they looked pretty good pressing as they did all week and have they as they've done generally recently under bruce but just like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, I'm obviously, unlike the Reading game, they were able to punish them early and often. But man, I don't. Like, so these, they had an opportunity to move from the table because, as we said on last week's show, they're playing two teams uh, around their general position in Swansea and Brentford. And it's like, are we that bad? I mean, we certainly have been. We might not be now, but. Like, what is this yeah. team doing at this end of the table, Evan? 
Yeah, I, I'm not too certain. And, and you know what frustrated me a little bit? After we scored one, maybe even scored the second, uh, we started to, to sag back and just allow them a ton of space in the midfield and in their defensive end. And that's after they were passing so poorly. We, we kind of took our foot off the gas, which was interesting. But, um, man, I, I just have to chalk that up to a bad game for Swansea. You know, we, we've had games or matches like that where we've just not been on the same page we've not passed well uh, in fact a lot of that had to do with uh with joss's departure so um probably just a one-off i have to admit i haven't watched much uh swansea soccer this year but uh man it was it was not it did not look like a mid-table team that's for sure and not looking like a mid-table midfielder was adam reach who is back on form evan two I would say the second one was a little bit lucky, sort of right place, right time with the Swans making a bit of a hash of it. But even overall, his performance on the wing, both uh, with the two goals he scored and sort of his runs down the channel, he looks uh, back to Adam Reachiness. He did have one very bad speculative ball outside of the box in the second half, but you can forgive him being on a hat trick there, I think. Yeah, that's one that, you know, in, the, in basketball terms, it's a heat check, right? You have two goals, you might as well just fire away, uh, especially for, from a guy that ha- has connected from out there before. Um, yeah, he looked good. Clinical finish. Um, you know, Aaron's, I know we're going to talk about him in a minute, but Aaron's really set that goal up. You know, he fired one right over the bar from just outside the box, trotted back to the other side of the field, stole the ball, got a pass, played it perfectly to reach. He was open, made a good run. Um, just a really all-around good goal from us, um, yeah, he, taking uh, advantage of Swansea's errors. You know, Aaron's had a great game over the, overall. I think he's probably my man of the match. But especially on that first goal, just you know, knowing when to lay it off, you know, being sort of the positional awareness. You know, he reminds me like we just have not had a wing player like this really since like uh, Michael Antonio. Now, I don't know if he'll be as prolific with the goals as Antonio was, and but I mean, obviously he's a you know, premier league quality player because we have him on loan from Newcastle. So, but just his, he just offers some direct pace, but also uh, his technique is excellent. Like, he, he's not afraid to go at someone and, you know, make a move. But he yeah. doesn't try to do like sometimes like you see like Zhao do like one move too many. We've had some other like Premier League loan players in the past that like maybe they try to do a little too much. I think uh, Anoma would do that at times. He seems to have sort of a better sense of when it's time to do a step over and when it's time just to you know drive at the opponent's box. Yeah, well, uh, you have to remember one of his first maybe his first game or his second game with us. Uh, he did look like there were spurts where he was trying to do too much. You know, one of those guys that you know thought he was. Yeah, he could just waltz around in the championship and um, ran into some trouble. And I've just really liked the way he's adjusted. And I think I'll get ahead of myself a little bit, but I think we also saw a step forward in uh, in the Brentford match. You know, if you watched all of Swansea, there were a lot of times where he was kind of running into players in the midfield, like our own players, like Bannon, um, just a positional thing. Couldn't quite figure out. Um, how to play with them, didn't have much experience doing so. And it felt like that aspect of his game improved leaps and bounds in the Brentford match. And I think he's just, a, he's developed really quickly, really quickly, excuse me, and um, really started to settle into to what we're doing. And you're, and you're right, very technically gifted, almost scored that goal on the left side. It, it was saved, but it was a nice step over. And he put it on goals, so um, he, he's been a really a pleasure to watch. And even that second goal, you, know, you said, and you were you were right that um, Swansea kind of uh, they miffed and messed up the ball. chance to. It, it was exactly, and that's something we've been lacking, isn't it? You, you talk about our, our play from the wings and, and crossing balls, and you know before you don't don't include the last two weeks, the, the whole season. <laughs> We've played balls either way too far over the box, out of reach of everybody, or we've played it over the bar, scuffed it, whatever. And this one came just straight down, landed in the box. It caused havoc. And a lot of goals that you see are just balls that fall right to the foot of our guy. Um, And we just haven't been playing those balls in. And so um, just really, really impressive and really exciting to see some stuff start to to come to fruition. And as long as we're on the... uh 
topic of improved service into the box. Uh, Hatchef Lazar, whew, man, he looks like, and he's me out for six weeks, obviously, as I alluded to, getting the Wednesday on him. He looks like a Premier League quality fullback that was playing in Syria ah recently. <laughs> yeah, man, he he uh, he was fantastic. I mean, just a joy to watch. Um, and we talked about it when when Bruce took over and immediately signed three guys or brought three guys in. Uh, we, we talked about how he filled all our needs. Well, he filled them with quality players. Yeah, he didn't just bring in some some scrubs. Yeah, this, is, this is scouting right here. Yeah, yeah, you could tell that these were calculated moves. He brought in pretty much exactly what we needed: um, some pace, some some technical ability, creativity, and, and some service into the box. And um, these guys have filled all those needs. Iorfa's done a nice job as well, and just overall impressive. I'm very impressed with with what we saw. At least in the first half, right? <laughs> we'll get to the second half. I do want to sort of another overarching theme of these two games was, uh, I don't want to call it a Stephen Fletcher renaissance. I, you know, I've been hard on him on this podcast at times in terms of sort of his, you know, goals to games ratio and really even goals to chances ratio. But, you know, he is a traditional number nine and he does need service. And this week when he got it, he looked like every bit the, you know, 20 goal a season striker this team needs i know it's three and two games but <laughs> no, so yeah, if you yeah, actually you're... extrapolate it's like 60 goals it's like we're talking like dixie dean level uh <laughs> goal scoring but yeah. he just you know the hold up play has always been there now he can be a little more you know he can make though he can play a little freelance he can work off on the wing because you know borsieri can you know come into the middle behind him you know uh Aaron's can play more centrally when that happens too. He can freelance a little more, and when he's in the box, he, uh, you know, the ball is finding his head or his foot uh, right. in various ways, as we found with the third goal. Yeah, there were there were a couple weeks there recently where I, I didn't I didn't voice these concerns or, or voice these thoughts because I didn't really have a solution for it, but. I was starting to feel like we had to move on from Fletch. Honestly, we were playing, you know, great balls into the box right onto his head. I know that's kind of counter to what I just said that we needed better service into the box. But anytime one did come in, he, he would sail it right over top of the bar. Right, uh, he just wasn't himself. He wasn't finishing, and you know, he, he's getting a bit older uh, and form was starting to lack a bit. But he's it's like been 31. really nice. He looks like he's thirty, like seven. I know. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that very banded, <laughs> the, uh, faded hairline. He just doesn't have it combed over. A little but, salt, uh, salt and pepper beard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been good to see converted on a header in Brentford er, against Brentford, and obviously the overhead kick. It's just a phenomenal cap to that first half. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely looking comfortable, looking like he's having a good time out there. And uh, it's been good to see. But as we all know, Evan, the most dangerous lead in football is when Wednesday's up 3-0. <laughs> yeah, it's just when Wednesday's up, period, isn't it? Um, I, I don't have a huge problem with the substitutions that Bruce uh, made. Joao's been uh, carrying an injury around, so getting him off early, although he did not look pleased. Is fine. Yeah, I don't but, think he was as bad as people were saying. He didn't stand out, but I didn't think he had like a a shocker or anything. Well, I don't but, know uh, what, what else Bruce is supposed to do, right? I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't have some ringers to go to on the bench, some super subs to come in. He's playing most of our most pretty much all of our talent, right? Yeah. So he's got to make calculated substitutions. Um, it's going to take a little bit of, of pace out of the game, take a little bit of creativity out of the game, and he sure um, did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely. Definitely got a little boring there in the second half. Let's. I'm curious your opinion on uh, on the way Zhao came off, right? I don't think we no no one really tweeted or or talked about it, but he just he just walked off the field nice and slowly. He was obviously mad that he was coming yeah. off, but he was taking his tape off and just threw it onto the ground. And uh, I just I really wasn't impressed with uh, with the way he carried himself there. I don't have a huge problem with like I feel like on some level especially in that kind of situation, especially if you're a striker, you probably shouldn't be happy to come off in that spot. You know, most players, especially, you know, before the hour mark, most players, you don't want them to be happy that happened. 
Uh, I will suggest that the bar for being angry about a substitution was very, very high last weekend. So maybe uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, read it, read too, too much Fair. into it. Um, yeah. You know, Zhao's a little bit of a, a you know, he's a, he's a temperamental, streaky player. Uh, you know, he, he can, he runs hot and cold. He is what he is. We know that the talent is there. I don't have a huge problem with it. Forestier, he's done that before. You know, um, you know, plenty of players have. He didn't really like make a huge show of it. I don't think he showed up his manager. I don't think he showed up Bruce that much. He was just clearly unhappy. You know, frustrated perhaps with, uh, you know, maybe perhaps with the injury. It was something else. You know, we didn't get like the full. There's not like a media scrum after the game where a bunch of reporters are you know, getting comments, so we can't really, really know what was going on there. You know, it was, I think, notable, but I don't I don't personally have a huge problem with it. I don't think it's, you know, part of a larger concerning pattern with the player beyond just, you yeah. know, he's a little, Jao can be a little temperamental. That's fine. I think, I, that's, I think that's I think that's sort of like, you know, both a strength and a, and a weakness in his game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, uh, I, in fact... If I'm Steve Bruce, I almost don't mind him showing a little passion, right? Because right? maybe it, maybe he's a little fired up in in the next training session, mm-hmm. and I know it was a quick turnaround until the the Brentford match, but you know, sh- show a little fire going forward. And I'm not mad about it either, but definitely a weird. Yeah, it was weird. Straight, strange look. Up three one, especially taking off a striker. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, what, what do you expect there? But yeah, no worries. And you know, based on what Bruce has said about sort of Forestieri publicly, I think he's he's fine with those with those type of players. You know, you run into stereotypes a little bit because I just named like an Argentinian and a Portuguese player, but plenty of Brits have done it as well. God knows. I'm thinking of like you know Frank Lampard didn't always love being subbed off <laughs> for one example, and we'll be seeing Frank Lampard soon. But yeah, first, that's fair. we have a Brentford game to recap. Um, it was more of the same, but this was a complete 90-minute performance. I'm just glossing over the last 45 minutes of Swansea because it was boring for the most part. Yeah, uh, there just wasn't there wasn't much. We absorbed pressure. They missed chances. The only the only thing that really stood out was Westwood. He he did play really really well. He did. He, he made we are starting to overlook him a little bit. They've been um, the thing is like they've been which, so good at the back for like the last four games. He really hasn't been called into action yeah. too much. But when he has, he's he's stepped up. You know, yeah. he's definitely on his game, and, and he's he's focused for for a full ninety. So it's been yeah. really nice to have him between the pipes. But yeah, um, Brentford. Yeah, it was another, I think, fairly comprehensive victory. I think a better overall. Maybe like the heights you didn't quite have like the heights you had in the first half of the Swansea game, but it was a a sure. better overall performance. Uh, more Stephen Fletcher scoring either side of halftime. Again, we have to talk about Archef Lazar's injury, but he, for me, up until that point, was a man in the match. Like, he looks like, you know, I've gushed about Matt Penny, and I think Matt Penny's a very good player. Uh, Lazar just looks like he's on another level when he's in form. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that, man. Yeah. I think that he's he's fantastic. He, he was a good pickup. Um, we already said it during the Swansea preview or Swansea recap, but. Um, he does everything. He's, like, a little he's, bit a, of he's, com- he's a complete two-way fullback. Yeah, exactly. Positioning is is per- almost perfect. You know what I mean? He's he's very smart, knows the game well, and, and plays very well. Um, and so it's been great to have him on the squad. Hopefully, hopefully he's back soon-ish because we don't have him for very long. <laughs> you know, I do wonder. You never obviously want to wish any sort of injury on a player, especially one who could be key to the to the stretch run for Wednesday. But, you know, if he's the guy you want to target in the summer, uh, keep him out of the shop window if he keeps playing like this for six weeks might not be the worst thing in the world. Because, <laughs> like, all of a yeah, sudden, I there guess could be... so, maybe. I mean, it's like... What's his contract status? I think he has one more year on it. I might be confusing okay. him with Aaron's. I'll be honest, yeah. I have not kept very, very close ties on... Nah, I, don't, I don't. I don't think there's any, any problem with that. Not knowing some contract statuses of loan players, but God uh, knows, sure, yeah. Uh, Mike Ashley is not afraid to sell a player, so 
Yeah, Mike Ashley, man. Uh, One of the most loved so he people joined in, in Newcastle, Newcastle United on a five-year deal in August 2016. So he's got five a little year. bit to go. Oh, okay. So we're looking he's at He's got two more after this year, yeah. So he's not going to be inexpensive. Maybe oh, maybe, and, maybe we can extend the, the Extend the loan, the loan for another well. year or something like that, yeah. Right. Um, who knows? But he would be, yeah. He would certainly, based on the 90-ish minutes we've seen of him uh, in a Wednesday shirt, uh, a reasonable target. Uh, and since he did go off, man, this is really all week and really all month, and we'll sort of get to our player of the month votes in the second half of the show. Let's talk about Liam Palmer, Evan. <laughs> oh, man. He looks like a completely... I've been, I've been waiting my whole life. I know, you've, been, you've just for been biting your time. He has looked like a completely different player since Steve Bruce came in. Yeah, he has. I think he's got. I mean, his crossing's still not great, so that's mostly the same. But well, and see that—that's where he falls short, and that's one of the most important things for a fullback to be able mm-hmm. to do, right? Especially in a system like this. But I think if you take out the crosses. He's just—he's a smart player, and I think that comes from playing at the same club, being comfortable for for so long. He's 26, 27 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got so much experience. We we forget about how much experience Liam Palmer has, um, and he just—he's a very people are going to hate me for saying stuff like this, but <laughs> he's a very smart player. He knows that he needs to cross. Maybe he lacks some confidence in <laughs> He doing can get so. into the spot to put the cross in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. But but you also see him, I mean, one of his underrated qualities is his short passing mm-hmm. and and his positional play. I mean, he he knows it, he knows where to go with the ball. It's it's a second sense for him. It, it's just uh it, he's just a solid overall player. And that, that's something we need, just someone to, to rely on to, to be in the right spot. And, and defensively, he's played a lot better. I mean, he's gotten so much better uh, defensively. And it's, yeah, if he could just cross the ball, we'd be in really good shape. We'd be talking about one of our best players, I think. Instead, after six points from six, Wednesday climbing up the table, just three points out of eighth and six points out of a playoff spot, albeit Evan with basically every team in between us having a game in hand. We're going to win the league, right? I'm I'm a never say never type of guy. I know um, you've been putting some hot takes in the WhatsApp group this week. <laughs> all I said was, "Is it possible?" And it's just so hard because when you see. Sorry, my wife just let the dogs out upstairs, and so I'm hearing all these noises of dogs running around, and I got distracted. But anyway, Jeff, when you see your team six points out of a playoff spot, you immediately think, oh my gosh, that's just two games. It is. It's doable. Right? That's 12, to 12 to play. Literally, we just have to win two, and the person in six has to Level lose on two. points does, with 10th, for the record. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work that way, does it? No, it usually <laughs> right? like There's a bunch of teams in between us and six as well that uh, we have to jump. So, yeah, six points seems in reach. Uh, I saw the 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 tweet, I think, from Al's About Stat, actually, yes. that said... It's just, well, you know, it's a little over two points need... a game the rest of the way. It's not a big deal. We did 33 yeah. in our last 13 under <laughs> Dave Jones. But But if you think about it, championship football you, you know in the in the playoffs the five and six spot usually are filled by teams that have had some kind of big run throughout the season at one point in the season they went on a a nice tear throughout or through the league whether it be sure. a month or two months or three months of just flawless football also the league is utter garbage this year it is it is and so utter well garbage. except for the top yeah, yeah, yeah. i wouldn't even but, i wouldn't even say that <laughs> well, uh, all I'm saying is if we continue this hot streak, we mm-hmm. can't keep drawing matches, right? I mean, right. You got you have being, to get results. Ha- having an having an unbeaten streak for a few months isn't going to be good enough. But getting three points, you know, each week at least at least four points a week. Uh, who who knows what could happen? Yeah. Goal difference is also going to be an issue. 
well. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to start. These are all yeah. minor quibbles, yes. Yeah, we're going to have to put six or seven or eight in. Well, each starting match. on Monday would probably be a good time to. Uh, Jeff, if we score five that. or six goals on Monday. <laughs> None of us oh are going to be available to pod God. for the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, I'm skipping work for the week. Oh, my God. Uh, instead, now we'll just skip on to the second half of the show. Where we'll cover the Wednesday news of the week, our dispatches from American Soccer, and catch you up on the meetups for said game where Evan is predicting we're going to score six goals. Now it's time for dispatches from American Soccer. Last season is still a couple months away. Um, I know my local NPDL team has their first exhibition game on Sunday. But our you new, say NP, NP, I think it's NPDL, NPSL, whatever it is. SL, yeah, NPSL, and then I, there's I the PDL. I'm not going to learn all of the names of the 17 tiers they've, that the USSL <laughs> has invented over the last few years. Oh, but, no, no, those weren't USL inventions. Yeah. Come on, Jeff. USSL, right. I said, or USSF. I'm just, I'm screwing up my acronyms. I have an 11% beer. <laughs> but the oh, USL boy. team, uh, you had very strong feelings about their, I'm, I'm just read the actual, uh, what's that message that Evan sent this afternoon. Hartford has nice tits. Kits. They have nice kits. Sorry. <laughs> it was a typo, man. Mm. I was busy at work. And the K and the T are nowhere near up. each other, as far as I can tell, on the uh, keyboard. Probably autocorrect. Mm. Really, your phone uh, autocorrects to tits a lot? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, for anyone that hasn't seen But come seen on, it, those are nice. Those are really nice, nice So, it's my one sort of as a, you know, a Hartford native. I was born in Hartford, grew up in Hartford, and live 20 minutes outside of Hartford. Now, we are kind of hung up on the whalers, so everything has to be, like, navyish blue and Kelly green. You know, the minor league baseball team, the Yard Goats, has that color scheme. Uh, Hartford City FC, the aforementioned NPSL team, has that color scheme. And sure enough, uh, Hartford Athletic went with as well even i don't think they quite got the kelly green right but i do like the uh the design's nice uh it's an adidas kit which is uh the team we're about to preview in a moment will tell you it's very important to have an adidas kit uh, i just can't like get into it i think maybe i've been hanging around paul owen for too long but i'm i'm a hartford city guy i'm with the grassroots even though they don't I, practically I play in hartford so so i've noticed something first of all Love the Hartford Whalers. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a, a dynasty or franchise on NHL, made the Whalers, made yeah. the jerseys as close as I could. Love the colors. I think that bananas, there's man. just an infatuation in the United States with with franchises or teams that have been disbanded. Sure. Right? Seattle the Supersonics. Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> I mean, the Winnipeg yeah. Jets before they came back. Well, that's a main reason I love the Jets now is because mm-hmm. I – had an infatuation with the old Jets, and and like that old Jets logo is so awesome looking, and I'm t- I'm saying like the Washington Bullets logo, mm-hmm. yeah. love the love the Washington Bullets logo, uh, love the C- Supersonics like I said, uh, the Whalers, fantastic fantastic uniforms back in the day, mm-hmm. and there's just something about teams that have been you know, either folded or moved that, that I really like. And the Montreal Expos. I mean, come yeah, on, of course. people still wear those hats all over the place. It's a great hat. Place. Yeah. I, ha- I actually absolutely. own a Montreal Expos hat. Uh, it's one of the, yeah. you know, I honeymooned in Montreal. It's one of my wife and I's favorite cities. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Montreal fan in general. And it's a great hat, basically. I have the tricolor, and, and of course, so. And to be fair to people of Hartford, you're from there. I'm obviously not. I've never even been there. But that was the only. No, yeah, we're extremely professional. Hung up on it. Yeah, I think they. What's well, the only professional franchise yeah. they've ever had? We had an arena like, football tier... league team, Evan. Thank you. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember but what they were what called. But... Like, there, yeah, there's no such thing as a Hartford NBA team or yeah. NFL team or MLB team. 
what do you guys have? The Hartford Yard Goats? Yeah, good for yard you. Yard Goats is uh, my league team, yeah. No wonder you're hung up on the Whalers. You got to cheer for the Yard Goats. I mean, the Yard Goats actually do like a Whalers weekend, too, where they wear Whalers-style baseball jerseys. And, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. It's it's an inextricable part of the city's history. You know, the them moving to Carolina is most of it at this point because they were never very good when they were here. But, you know, I still have my childhood memories of Kevin Deneen and Pat Verbeek and Sean Burke and Goal. And, you know, I kept tabs on Chris Pronger, who I think was the last uh, existent Whalers alumni in hockey because he played until he was like almost 40. And I think his contract lasted even longer than that, as I recall. Yeah, Um, he couldn't make it to the end. But, uh,. Yeah, and I think I was 14 or 15, and they moved out. I remember they moved in 96 or 97. But so you know, I was 14 or 15. It was like, a, you know, I went to games at the Civic Center, sat in the uh, back of the upper deck. And so I get the appeal. The other thing is, like, you know, it works for the Whalers, but, like, generally speaking, like, Kelly Green and Navy Blue, not colors that often go together. <laughs> no, I, I guess that's right. Um, but yeah, but there's something about that uh, combo I really yeah, like. It's, it's endemic to Hartford. It's what we have to. Uh, it's like you know the people of Baltimore just stick the Maryland flag on everything, and that's not particularly attractive either. So that thing is so ugly. <laughs> but like, it's on it's, everything. And I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can have a, a red and white flag with a with black and yellow yeah, shield. Yeah, that's the thing that happens. And, and how that all works. And if and they, they just replace like, the that, state this, flag of Maryland with the Natty Bow logo. They'd be fine. Speaking of good cheap beers, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's it's confusing because like people in Maryland love it, mm-hmm. and I think everyone outside of Maryland looks at it like it's the ugliest thing in the world. Yeah. Whereas Hartford, yeah, you guys are awesome. Like we'd love to have the Whalers back, as would we certainly. But alas, that is not to happen, and this is not a hockey podcast. So we we'll move on to Wednesday news. Not too much this week to speak of. Uh, voting is open for the February Player of the Month. Six matches in February. Uh, I believe unbeaten in all six as well. I don't remember exactly when the Hall City match was, but I don't think it was this month. This seems like it'd be something that is both easily able to be looked up and something I've already don't care about. No, unbeaten in February. Three wins, three draws. Who is your Player of the Month, Evan? I think Westwood, man. That's a, that's um, a fair shout. Yeah, I mean, we had, so you had three what, goals in six games. Of, we had, yeah, yeah, we had a stretch of three shutouts, clean sheets. Excuse me. Yeah. I think we didn't four even talk overall, about the. Four, we didn't even talk about the Swansea goal, which was unfair on Westwood. It's a wicked yeah. deflection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was four of six matches we had yeah. uh, clean sheets. Mm-hmm. So, and he he's made some big big saves. He has. And it, you know, since we've inserted him, I have no idea. I have no idea what Joss was doing and, and <laughs> like why Westwood had like how there. good he and Hutch are. Right. When and, Hutch and, isn't getting a terrible yellow card like he did against Brentford, who we also didn't talk about, but it was very right. Hutch. And, and since Westwood's been in there, the defense has played so much better. Mm-hmm. We've played so much better, and um, I think he should get a lot of credit. I, I give him my man of the ma- or the man of the month. That's fair. Um, you know, Westwood, he has, he's not great at distributing, which is known. It's a weakness in this game. Apparently, he's a bit of an asshole, if, uh, if reports are to be believed. But, man, he's, I don't, like, you know, we're both, relatively speaking, you know, young Sheffield Wednesday fans. So we don't have particularly vivid memories of, like, Martin Hodge or even really, you know, Pressman and and Chris Woods, but I know for sort of my era of Wednesday fandom, I'd be hard-pressed to pick a better keeper than Westwood. And yeah, like just objectively, you. he's a great keeper. I liked I liked Kirtland's ball cap Kirtland that he would was, wear. Yeah. Kirtland, was a very, I mean, Kirtland was a very good keeper. He was a little bit past his prime when he was here, obviously. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I'll always remember of injuries, him... But... I'll always remember him getting slapped by that Leeds fan <laughs> yeah. and, and going going down for about ten minutes after it. Um, Did you uh, listen to his interview with the Football Ramble? Man, I don't think so. It's actually quite good. It's uh, and I'll throw it to our listeners out here too. I think it's they've released it with their Acast 
plus description, but I think it's like free now, uh, just in their general okay. iTunes feed. It's definitely worth listening to. Like he talks in like forty five minutes about his career. You know, he talks about Wednesday a little bit at the end, but it's just really an interesting, uh, you know, very sort of varied career. Like, you know, he could have easily been England's number one for a number of years if the if the injuries at Liverpool hadn't uh, thrown him off track. And he's sort of very candid too about sort of his his battles with depression and stuff like that too. It's just a really good interview. Nice. I've, I've heard, I've only heard good things about him as a person. Yeah. I mean, I, I've not heard anyone say, Oh, I ran into no. Kurt, Kurtland and he was an absolute <laughs> asshole. Like no one's ever said that. But Wednesday, I think especially has sort of like a very good history of goalkeeping overall. I mentioned Pressman Woods and Hodge already, uh, you know, Lee Grant also was a very good keeper. Um, you know, even sort of being for their time wallowing in the in the second and third tier of English football, they've always had a pretty good uh, is, force between the sticks. Is is Kirkland still broadcasting or doing something on on TV? Uh, I think I'm. I don't know if he still is. Uh, I know at least at the time of the interview with the football ramble, he's running his own like goalkeeping school slash camp. Apparently, he is okay. the uh, goalkeeping coach for the Liverpool women's team right now. But I think he well, also runs his own good for sort him. of like goalkeeping school on the yeah, side. Yeah, sure, well. sure. Nice. Another Wednesday news: the under 18s continue to piss the professional development league with another fine victory this week i believe uh our good friend uh not preslav borakov the other one <laughs> i'm now furiously scrolling through my uh yeah man i, I was gonna say to, i have uh, to refer to you on this one because i i missed uh missed all this news but yeah it seems Hamoud. like our academies are always Hamoud, i think it's like Amir Hamoud. Well. yeah they beat bolton 3-1 this week yeah no I, yeah, i've always been league. impressed with our academy no, I've done a really good job, and still, I'm still holding out hope that, uh, I mean, given our current striker depth, that uh, Preslav Orkov might still get into a game this year. That would be that'd be fantastic. Um, I'd actually, I, I wish one of our, our British friends were on because, you know, it always seems like we we have good academy players, mm. and then, yeah, Jordan Thornley is making making a, yeah. an impact right now. You know, Matt Palmer, Penny before he got he's hurt. Playing Penny. But it seems like the best ones are, have, have left. They're all leaving. Yeah, Sean Clair, he was out. I've heard he's not doing too well. Yeah, like, Sean Clair even started, yeah. For... Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I saw a tweet or two about um, him just not playing well, and he's kind of getting uh, made yeah, fun he of. Fairly, he had a fairly serious injury towards the end of last season, too, I think. Yeah, so that's true. That might be a sure. factor. Yeah, George Hurst obviously left, and... Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, uh, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> um, he's a decent player. He plays mm. uh, plays in England still, but uh, he's pretty good. I'm uh, fairly just, well just convinced curious, that like, he's how... still going to uh, show back up in a Wednesday shirt before all is said and done. I have a feeling. You think so? I mean, we started Gary Taylor Fletcher at some point at yeah. Striker. I feel like 37-year-old Jamie Vardy will still be able to poach a little better than that that'd be fun it'd be something really nice else come back and kind of play a off the bench super sub role knocking some headers knocking some heads <laughs> what may or may not be fun is the upcoming match on monday afternoon evan it is another steel city derby i feel like i feel better a lot better uh, coming into this game than the reverse fixture at the pigsty, but is this all just a giant tease? Well, I, <laughs> I don't feel any Wednesday. less. Yeah, I, I don't feel any less nervous. Yeah. You say you feel better. I feel more excited for yeah. it. I think you know. Um, it's always it's a weird energy. The, yeah, the, the way we've been playing. Yeah, this could be really, really awesome, hmm. but. Like I said, I'm no less nervous. I think hmm. uh, they're a team that's playing well and has consistently played well, and it pains me to say it. Um, but man, 
and it's going to be so fun Monday afternoon. I, mm. I wish it was a Saturday morning, to be honest. With sure. You. I, I mean, I would even take a Friday was... afternoon because then I could like actually go down to the city. Yeah. And, yeah, sure. You know, take it. I take, take like a Monday and Tuesday off. I could do it, but it makes yeah, we're, we're in a really busy time at work. Yeah. And right now. So it makes yeah, it's going to be more complicated. So instead I will be uh, I'm actually doing I'm doing thing unlike other certain unnamed people. I'm not making a fake dentist appointment. I'm probably just going to take a half day because I'm going to be on socials. And I want to be able to drink a beer during this. So I'm going to be a professional and take the afternoon off. Who said that you could be on socials? Somebody, we haven't discussed this. I uh, I think somebody said, on like James implied on Tuesday, because he was doing socials for the second half of the Brentford game, maybe it was Patty, that... Uh, I would be running so if you want to run it, Evan, I have no problem. Like you know my feeling about running socials. I may run socials as you. That's you fine too. Is, I'm sure you will not. Based on how this podcast has gone so far, clearly slander is not an issue. Here it is. <laughs> Anyhow, after that routine win, it's back to work. I've been Manhattan now, also it was James. Normal social service replete with mouse clicks will return courtesy of Jeff Paternostro on Monday. With a tussle and right. irritating I, I guess I've been uh, I've boss. been press ganged into yeah. running socials for this game. Yep. Um, okay, I am So my, my one goal for this game is just to come out of it with United fans once again tweeting, you can have the points, we'll have promotion, as they did in uh, end of 2012, as I recall correctly. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> how that worked uh, out for it, them. 2012 was awesome. That was a great was. year. Um, it was 33 it was points awesome in the last 13 games. Collapse. You can't argue with that. Let's have a repeat of that. I would, I would love to see them just go on an epic collapse and not even make the playoff. But mm. uh, I have a, yeah, I have a fear that. So the prop, the problem with that is like, you know what Leeds are going to do down the stretch, because that's what Leeds does. There's a song about it. So we're in the unfortunate position of seeing both of the like one of those teams is probably going to go up through autos because this league is a tire fire this year. It's unfortunate. I wish it weren't the case, but it's a uh, it's a pressing concern of mine and has been for several weeks. Because the thing is, we know that the pigs are good for a collapse in the playoffs. Right. But... Leads are good for a collapse in the last 10 games of the regular season. So it's like the irresistible force meets the immovable object, except like the opposite of that. Yeah, man. So you're relying uh... on like West Brom to make up four points on them. <laughs> Keep both of them out. Yeah, but we don't know how West Brom perform in the you know, the championship yeah, yeah. or at the end of the year when we'll they're see. in the top yeah, yeah. six. Um. Yeah, it's just it's been an interesting year for the league to see, you know, United and Leeds playing so well, and and Norwich finally back up at the top after a couple of years of kind of floundering around the mid table. Um, I mean, by interesting you mean shit. <laughs> but I think Jeff, I, I think there's so the interesting thing is there's the, literally no team right now averaging more than two points a game. Yeah, I just I think that more the more parity the better. Right, I think and maybe that's an American thing. Maybe that's yeah. uh, you know we have salary caps in every sport except for baseball, where someone can make three hundred thirty million dollars over seventy years, years. on the contract. What was it? It was three thirty over thirteen. Thirteen years, whatever. That that's crazy. That's great for the player, terrible for the team. But anyway, um, par- parity is good. Parity is fun. Live in Philadelphia for thirteen years, <laughs> or three um but yeah uh, i don't know i i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed this year it, having stoke come down and look like clear favorites to win the league and and yeah at some point i actually have to go back to, to our preseason predictions and i'm sure they're going to be hilarious i still haven't done it which actually is probably going to make it funnier when i go back and do it yeah so i think we're closer most of us predicted the bottom better than we predicted the top I think we all uh-huh. predicted Wednesday between like eighth and twelfth, so we're like in we're back in range. It's been a long, strange trip to get there, but right. Um, 
I think I had Rotherham in my bottom three. I think we all had Rotherham in our bottom three. Millwall down there, but I also had Birmingham in the bottom three, who are eighth right now. Um, So, yeah, it's just been interesting. The one thing I would hate, Jeff. Every year in this league. (laughs) The one thing I would hate, Jeff, is to see Ipswich go down. And they're definitely, they're extremely going down, Evan. I got news for you. I know. And it's just, it's not going to be a championship without Ipswich. We need the tractor boys. It does feel like they've been in this league for every, like basically since Wednesday went down in 2000. Well, I know it's, it's, they've just been in the championship for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I'm sure that's actually not technically true, but I, 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 I'll have to look it up. I'm going to, to Google it. Like Ipswich seasons. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page. There's a Wikipedia page. Yeah. These things. And we do yeah. on this podcast like our uh, Wikipedia searches. Well, you do. You're you're the Wikipedia master. I've already got a list of Ipswich Town FC seasons up, Evan. Well, I said I was going to look it up. I know, but I'm faster at it. And we're All right, they do it. What, when's the last so, time they weren't in our division? So they went, uh, they were in the premiership. So they actually went up into the premiership when Wednesday went down. Spent two years there. And then since then have been in either what, Division One, which was the old championship, since 2002. So yes, they have been literally in the league for 20 years. I, My memory serves me well in this case. <laughs> right. I don't yeah, think they've been the last time they've been in the... Uh, they have not been in the third tier of English football since... They keep changing the names of all the leagues, which makes things difficult. It uh, looks like... No, that was Division... What? They got promoted. Because that was the last year of the old system. This is all very complicated. It does not look like they've been in the third tier since... 1957. That's unfortunate. That might also be wrong, because it's difficult to know what leagues were named what when. But Well, folks, that will do it for episode one of Tractor Boys Podcast. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to watch the action, the uh, not the old farm derby, but the Steel City Derby, with our blokes over in the U.S., we have three meetups currently listed on our Facebook page. I suspect more will be announced in the coming days. But the ones on the docket right now, the New York Owls will be, of course, at Football Factory. That's a 245 kickoff. The New Orleans Owls will be at Finn McCool's. That's a 145 kickoff. And the Portland Wednesday group will be at the Toffee Club in Portland. Uh, Patty, being the king of social media that he is, put uh, 8.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I think what he actually means is 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> Don't know how that ended Patty, up happening. Patty's had a long day, man. <laughs> he has, I guess. Um, but whatever two forty, uh, whatever seven forty-five Greenwich Mean Time is in Portland, uh, show at the Toffee Club, maybe fifteen minutes early, and there'll probably be a uh, Steel City Derby on for you to watch. Uh, do we have any other business, Evan? I do want to say it was good to meet uh, James Allen and Paul Owen in person oh, uh, yes, over the weekend. Should, uh, how did that? How did the shindig in Chicago go? I'm very sad I couldn't make this for a variety of reasons. I, obviously, Paul got married, but uh, also to have a uh, meetup where we actually swamped them for a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was uh, we were kind of rushing around. Patty and I were ushers in Paul's wedding, and, and we had a rehearsal on Friday. Mm-hmm. Five, I heard rumors I that Patty and, got less than an hour of sleep. <laughs> uh, not too sure about that one. Um, I know I picked him up, and, and Bianca ended up uh, landing at about the same time. They flew from the same city, different airports, mm-hmm. and landed at the same time in Chicago. And so we drove into town, and, and we were a little bit late, and I met Paul in passing uh, for the first time, gave him a hug. Didn't realize he was six foot six. He's extremely tall. That's the yeah. Uh, I was like, "Who is that giant over yeah, there?" Tall. Oh, that's the groom. That's the guy that founded Owls Americas with me. Um, so that was cool. No, it was, it was a good weekend. Cool little meetup. It was just in in a hotel room, but we had uh, Chris Pennant come out with one of his friends, a Chicago Al, 
um, and, and he got to watch with us, and, and we watched a victory. Uh, James had Emrys, his, his son, with him, and uh, Eva and the other kid came as well at one point. Um, Paul's Paul's son was there, and it was just a, re- a really, really good time. Jackson, yeah, I mean, it's what this Jackson's is. It's ultimately that what this well. group is about, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it's just been cool to to be a part of something like this, where you know, I go from you know following Wednesday on Twitter to being a part of a, a community and, and meeting some some really cool people along the way. Uh, been really blessed and and happy about that. Possibly by Tuesday, we'll want to burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, this has been episode 59 of the Owls AmeriCast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas and on Instagram at also owlsamericas. Not also owlsamericas. Also at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Revit and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam. Probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Speaking of ramblings, we can leave the show a voicemail on our Days in Mumbled line, which Evan very helpfully just deleted out of the Google Doc. <laughs> As I was reading through it. Thank you. At 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. Thanks for that, Evan. Evan is on Twitter, at Ohio Owl. Evan, we're going to put you on the spot now. Your official scoreline prediction for Sheffield Wednesday against Sheffield United at Hillsborough. 3-0 on the bounce, the Wednesday. Goal scorers. Fletcher, Fletcher, knew you late. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I am on Twitter at Jeff Federnostro. I'm not nearly as os- optimistic. I see a nervy 1-0 with an early goal from, oh, let's go with Forestieri. If that does happen, and even if it doesn't, we'll be back here to talk about it next week.